0: This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu.
1: So do you guys remember the children's game telephone that you might've played as a kid? One player whispers a message in the next person's ear in line and that continues. And at the end, the statement gets to the last person and it's revealed what they heard compared to the first person. Today, we will relate that game to healthcare and helping patients, but with an improved outcome to the relay of information. Stay tuned. Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen.
2: And I'm Corbin Smith.
1: Together, we are going to explore the nursing profession
2: with exclusive interviews for nurses working in jobs you want to know about.
1: Transferring info from one nurse to another.
2: This is the College Handoff. What up, nurses? Welcome back to the college handoff. Today, we're going to focus on telehealth, which has become something so essential during this COVID 19 pandemic. We're going to talk to Amy Underwood, who has advanced nursing skills and phone diagnostic abilities to help give the best and most accurate care to those who need it. Later, we'll focus on telementoring. I know, I know, we just made that up. Regardless, We will learn how Dr. Leslie Miles, a professor here at BYU, has nursing students interact with other nursing students from across the world, and how it's a great opportunity to learn about different healthcare systems, and why that experience can help you become a better nurse. Let's get started.
1: Okay, we're here today with Amy Underwood. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
3: Could you introduce yourself to us? So I currently reside in Southern California and um, near the Redlands area. And I went to Brigham Young University and graduated from the uh, Bachelor of Science in Nursing program in 1991 from nursing school. And I didn't stay in Utah. I came back to California where I lived before and started working in California after graduation. I. Started my career in uh, the intensive care unit. I really loved that. I went to the recovery room and I came to telehealth about six years ago, uh, mostly because I changed to ambulatory care. It's a different kind of um, practice than what you practice in the hospital. So for the last six years, I've been doing telehealth But as my primary role, and the leader in my clinic in this role, uh, the last probably three years.
1: So about ninety-seven percent of primary care providers in the country are using some form of telehealth. How has COVID increased your workload
3: and changed your role? Our workload and role has just exploded. And I work at an ambulatory care clinic. We went from uh, maybe ten to fifteen percent of our patients being treated by telehealth to, at times, 95% over the last year. uh, Our workload has increased and decreased with the tide of the COVID pandemic worsening or lessening. And our role is critical now, getting patients the appropriate care based on their symptoms and needs. Holy cow, so do you get
1: a lot of calls from people that are worried they have covid?
3: Yes, so yes, people are worried they've had exposures uh they're not sure what's going on in the past. They would think it would be a common cold or the flu, but now with the with covid uh in the particular county that I reside in, which is San Bernardino County, our outbreak uh was huge between November and probably. Decreased about the last month significantly, all the way through the holidays. And so, as telehealth nurses, we were able to assess the patient, what level of care they needed, uh, give them the instructions for isolation, um, also care for the symptoms they were having, and escalate their their care if they needed to be seen in the emergency room, urgent care, needed an urgent visit with the doctor now and order their tests.
1: So, on an average day, about how many people do you work with?
3: Oh, gosh. Um, So, I work with uh, over probably over 12 providers, and we are building, there's either one or two RNs in the clinic, building all of the, we call them medical problem messages. That's our Uh, Scope of practice, our primary focus is to get patients the right level of care. So we could be doing, I don't know actually how many messages um, I do a day, but I did see our monthly data and it was over, you know, like one particular month, over 300 and something messages, medical problems. So, and some of them are telephone calls where patients call us in. Others are email messages to their doctors, and we're we're scanning through the emails looking for urgent symptoms. Even though we educate the patients, it says on the website not to send urgent medical problems, they do. And so we have to screen those, too, and and scan through that.
1: So in what ways do you act similarly to a nurse practitioner as you're helping your patients?
3: Yes, we, we have to use our critical thinking skills all of the time, and we also have to Listen carefully. So first, when we first talk with the patient, we listen for them to tell us. We call it their story. And they tell us their story, and we have to use our skills to hear what they're saying, and then decide what the what we need to assess. What's the most important important fact? For example, today I talked to a patient about shoulder pain, but then. On a side note, she mentioned she was having problems with her eyes, and she had stopped driving because her vision was blurry. And after talking with her about her eyes, which that was not the reason for her call, she uh, needed an urgent referral to op- the ophthalmology department to further assess her um, condition. So I was able to work hand-in-hand with our physician partner, our quarterback in the clinic. and and get that ordered. The doctor ordered that for her.
1: And because COVID has made you so busy, have you ever been concerned that telehealth may be kind of hard to use or kind of hard to navigate? And how have you guys kind of worked around those challenges?
3: So I think the, one of the biggest issues, which I felt like our organization did a really good job, was changing from an in-person basis of seeing patients for the providers to mostly telehealth, and we did have to reassure the patients that they would be getting care, and we educated the patients on how to how to prepare for a video appointment with their provider and help them navigate that. People that have never navigated telehealth or video appointments and we would talk patients through on how to send a picture to uh our to our clinic so they uh we have a app-based system where the patients can message their doctors and send pictures so we coach them through how to do that and assure them that if they Didn't think that they got the care that they needed, or the doctor felt like they needed to be seen in person, that we would make arrangements for that to happen. We would be able to facilitate that. The provider wanted to do that. Cool. And what's something unique about the organization you work for? So, my organization, they listened to the nurses, and the pediatric nurses were worried that we were missing this population of pediatric patients that had symptoms of the multi-inflammatory syndrome that kids can get after COVID. And so, because of their concern, they raised this concern to our nurse leader that's in charge of the protocols, and she added a line to all of the protocols that would have to do with this, such as fever, abdominal pain, COVID, cough, sore throat. And so, they, they listened to the registered nurses and what they're seeing. So we we meet monthly and we meet, of course, we meet virtually monthly because we're meeting with people all over Southern California. And every time we have a meeting, the nurse leader asks us, do you have anything to add? What could make these protocols better? What do you think? And we give input and she listens and sometimes adds what we suggest or some kind of version of that. And so we collaborate together and work together as a partnership. And what's your favorite part of your job? My favorite part of the job is just getting people help, helping them navigate our medical system, getting the right level of care, um, getting them the care that they need. We do a large part of our job, too, is education. Not everybody we talk to needs to speak with the doctor or go to the come into the clinic or go to urgent care or emergency room. Some people need just education on home care. So I really enjoy educating people on how to care for themselves. And that's part of our protocols that I was mentioning earlier. There's the the care portion, like how to care for common problems. And we go over that and educate people and help them with that. And I just enjoy just making a difference. And the patients are, you know, hopefully satisfied. Not always. If the people don't feel good, they're not always happy.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And for students, how can they get involved in telehealth and prepare to go into telehealth if that's what they want to do?
3: So I think really it's important to have hands-on experience first. You need to have a background of working in the hospital, whatever area you choose. Uh, before you would go into telehealth you i really think that's important really um really working on your critical thinking skills is crucial to telehealth and being able to do that because otherwise um cuz i work under these protocols and so you have this grid but there is that critical thinking that only the registered nurse can do which is crucial Otherwise, they would have robots or computers doing our job, but robots and computers cannot replace the critical thinking and judgment and skill set that the in possesses.
1: Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored that you would ask me.
2: Our Instagram page, at BYU Nursing, is your one-stop place to find updates pertaining to the college. Fun pictures from events and award ceremonies from those in our BYU community and more. And hey, who knows, maybe one day you'll be featured on the Instagram page. Give us a follow at BYU Nursing. We are here with Associate Teaching Professor Dr. Leslie Miles. Welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here and tell you what I've been doing.
2: So, before COVID, you'd have nursing students participate in the Finland section of the Public and Global Health Clinical Practicum, right? I'm curious, why Finland?
0: Why Finland? Well, actually, I was assigned to go to Finland many years ago. Didn't have any connection to Finland. And now it is my favorite place to go in the whole wide world because it is so peaceful. And the other thing is, for the last couple of years, they are ranked as the top happiest country in the whole world. And if you've been there, it's, it is, you can understand how they got that ranking.
2: I understand you involved BYU students with nursing students all the way in Finland this year, even though COVID didn't let you actually physically go. How was this year different than previous years beyond that?
0: Yes. Well, prior to COVID, we would do an, um, an online kind of Zoom interchange with Finnish students before we went to Savalina, Finland, and then we'd have two or three days of activities. And one of the things we noticed is that the students were way connected with their foreign peers. And I actually have some students who are still connected to some of their Finnish foreign peers over the years. Um, So when COVID hit, um, we last year got canceled, and this year uh, the Finnish faculty said, our students are really missing this. Um, do you think we could do a collaboration where we just do it totally online and do some groups? Um, so that is what we are doing. So it started out with just Finland and I shared with my colleagues that I was going to be doing this and of course did the IRB so we could you know, send out surveys to students. And pretty soon uh, Sherry Palmer Said, hey, we want to include Spain. So her and uh, Sandra um, Heaston joined in. And then Peter Ruda, who does the Czech program, he said, let me see if any of the schools of nursing there are interested. So now we have a collaboration. We've met two weeks now. We have two more sessions to go. It's at 7 a.m. on Tuesday mornings, and we've broken people up into groups. And Denise Cummings is she kind of coordinates the groups for everything because she's going to be my my new Finland ambassador with me. And we meet. And so last week we talked about the impact of covid in each of their countries. And it's just not nursing students we've invited. We have social work students. We have dental hygienists. We have physical therapy students. Um, We have some case scenarios. So discussing how they would care for different patients in those countries and what resources are available. And what's amazing is the discussion that happens and realizing um, we're doing a lot of things right and some countries are doing some other things better.
2: What do students talk about when they get together? Like, Can it be stressful to try and connect with somebody from across the world?
0: Oh, we don't we don't make this stressful. This is all about connecting and collaborating and learning from each other. So we have scenarios every week, and you know, like this last week, it was about um, an elderly man who lives far from his daughter, who just lost his wife, who's not eating. You know, what kind of resources or what do they think should be done? You know, what kind of assistance should he need? Um, and so they talk about their country's resources and what they would do. And ask questions of each other. What would happen in your country? And um, how's that taken care of? And, and then when there's extra time, we talk about what's your favorite ice cream, musical bands, all, all, that, all that great fun connecting stuff.
2: So a little bird told me that when you guys go to Finland in person, you guys go to a spa because it helps with your mental health. Which, by the way, I think is awesome. So my question is, what do the students learn about comparing, for example, the American healthcare system to European healthcare systems, and how does that help them become better nurses?
0: Um, It's always a cultural base, and looking at that, and we, yes, we do do go to the sauna when we're in Finland, Um, and uh, people's choice, whether they do it American style or Finnish style, they just have to say they're shy. because it's it's so ingrained in the culture um and i think uh, looking at past groups that have gone everyone walks away with a deep reverence for the human body and how much it's respected um and they're able to students have been able to look at um the pros and cons of each system and look at what could they implement when they're in their own nursing career uh, and kind of challenge some of their beliefs. Yeah, it's a very, they're very holistic and very grounded. They have awesome school nurses. And uh, yeah. And here's my other plug. Their vaccination rate before COVID was about 99%. And they really have a good balance of life. So yes, you do work, but you... Um, I'm not going to say, you know, the young adults don't play video games, but it's just as important to be out in nature. And that is the part of the way they are brought up. Um, And in schools, the maximum they'll go for a class is 45 minutes, and then they have a 15-minute recess. So one of the things that we do when we're in Finland is we take recess frequently throughout the day. And they connect up, but they can't go with the same person. They have to connect up with other people. And try out new activities that they might not be so, um, that wouldn't be first on their list. Like, you know, hey, let's go for a forest walk or let's bring a sketch pad and let's just, you know, let's, let's create something. You know, let's go out and make sticks and stones and, and the sticks and stones and little pine cones and make little houses. And, and the students have absolutely loved that. Um, for me, it's really rewarding when students' uh, feedback is, I haven't been this relaxed since grade school. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a nice balance. And so many of my former students who have gone, they really incorporate um, mindfulness and taking time out for themselves, eating healthy, and being connected to nature has become a crucial part of their lives.
2: So let me switch it up a little bit. You just published an article in the Nursing Education Perspectives journal, and you and another professor here, Sherry Palmer, learned a lot about healthcare from different countries. Could you tell us about what you learned in that study?
0: Um, probably the biggest thing that we came out of that study, um, and that study was all based on our nursing students doing an assessment and asking nurses that they were working with in country. Um some of their perspectives and also looking at what tasks they did. Um, Probably the overreaching thing was nurses really do care and nurses care about their patients and they're really willing to self-sacrifice to make sure that they get the care that they need. There was a lot of differences in how much family involvement uh, was expected. So for example, in some countries. Uh, The family is the one that comes in and feeds the patient and, you know, clothes them and spends time with them where that doesn't happen here in the U.S. That's very, very different and um, big differences in nurses. There's some countries that have nurses uh, doing more prescriptive practice um, and doing more assessments and more involved in the community And then you have other countries where they're very much dependent on the physician. The physician is the hierarchy um, as opposed to the nurse um, having autonomy and being independent in practice. Um, And I'll tell you, Finland, you know, shown again, some of the amazing stuff that they do there is a school nurse will meet with and do a physical, a total exam on a physical, on a child every year. And they will follow that cohort of child all the way through. Some even choose to follow them all the way through high school. And they run clinics. They bring the families in every year, the parents, and have a discussion about how the childs are doing. And so by the time the um, child reaches um, high school, they have clinics within the high school. And the students are responsible to make their own appointments. And they go to the nurse. Um, and the nurse is their first their first stop in their healthcare system. And so a lot of autonomy there, um, which is really, really impressive. You know, there's a big collaboration. So, like, for example, if you have a somebody with anorexia, uh, they'll meet with the medical doctor and that medical team. But more often they're meeting with the nurse and doing the weekly follow ups. Um, But they they ensure that kids are getting dental appointments and, you know, it's a whole different system. The other thing I really um, love is a nurse will be the contact person for um, a woman once she gets pregnant and she will follow them all the way through to the hospital, will even visit them in hospital and then goes and visits them in the home when they're discharged with the new baby, brings their first immunization, but checks things out to make sure that the mother, if the mother has other needs or things are not met in the home, that the nurse can then get um, extra assistance in to make that family very successful. So they very much have caught on to the idea of um, infancy and childhood as just a really crucial time that nurses can intervene.
2: Wow. Well, I can see why you love Finland and why learning about healthcare in other countries is so important to our students. Thank you so much, Dr. Miles, for coming onto the show to talk to us today.
0: Okay. And then I'll end it with a a Finnish word. Hey, hey.
2: So Adia, we understand a little bit about what happened because Dr. Miles explained it to us earlier in the episode, but from your perspective as a student, what are your biggest takeaways. What do you feel like you've learned that is going to impact you the most as you go forward?
1: Yeah. Um, well, first that I want to live in Europe, but <laughs> that's a given. Fair, me too. <laughs> Second, it's just been so cool to learn from all these different healthcare systems just because they do things so differently. And I don't know if there is a best way to treat certain diseases or conditions. And it's cool to be able to take away some things that they've told me to put in my own nursing practice that are different than what may be standard practice in the US. It's been such a fun thing to be a part of. Thank you all for listening to this episode. We'll talk to you next week, same place, same time. See ya.
2: See ya.